record on this computer. There you go. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Mass Performance Podcast. This um, really excited for this episode because we planned for it for about a month, I think, and um, it's it's finally happening. And I am lucky to have three experts on this call today or on this podcast. Um, you're going to get to know them very well today. I'll let. Um, I mean, I have Coach Fabio on here again, and I want to thank you, Coach, for sharing time with me once again. Um, I have Coach Davide. I don't know how to pronounce your last name. I apologize in advance, but um, thank you for being on here. He's an expert in body recomposition. Um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about all his expertise. And then I have Coach Mauro, who is looking um, very happy at me right now, and he's going to be on my podcast. We're going to talk about soccer and a very interesting approach to strength and conditioning for soccer players. Um, so we're going to dive um, deep into that. Um, but we're going to get going right away. So um, first topic that we kind of wanted to tackle and we spoke off, we spoke about this um, off air is body recomposition. So uh, currently I'm the manager of movement, recovery and nutrition at Equinox here in Southern California. And um, one of the biggest topics for our clients, for our coaches, just for our people at our facility is body recomposition, um, or at least they don't know that's the topic that, or at least they don't know that's what they, they're talking about. Everybody wants to lose weight. Um, everybody wants to look better, feel better. And my question to all my clients, to all my coaches, to everybody that I always kind of encounter and they want to talk about body recomposition is, you know, like, what what does that mean to you? And there's always a better way, right? It, like losing weight or changing the way that your body looks isn't just always about um, losing the weight for the sake of losing the weight. Um, but I'm not an expert. So I was lucky enough that Coach Fabio has a friend who's an expert in that topic. So we're going to talk, start talking about body recomposition and the best ways to approach it. Some of the pros or all the pros for creating the right type of body recomposition. So um, let's get let's get going with that. Coach, what are your thoughts on body recomposition? May I make a premise before uh, David starts speaking? So, yes. Just so people know, I'm here basically as a facilitator because I am very friendly. <laughs> Dr. Polito and Davide Polito, by the way, and and Coach Mauro Franzetti, and um, and we all the three of us work together in different situations, and I'll be here mainly to have translating from Italian to English. Uh, so, so that's that said. Question was for Davide, so I allow Davide to speak, and I'll be ready to help whenever and if is necessary or needed. Coach I mean, Bobby, you, you do have to talk about your journey, though, because you're, you're you're currently body. Uh, oh yeah, but that's uh, I think that's a good idea to talk about it after Davide has uh, playing some basics about it. Right? So. Absolutely. So Davide, the ball is yours. Okay, thank you, thank you, Fabio. Um, if you want winning age, nutrition is uh, your secret weapon. This is the point. Then. Bodily composition is a, like a unicorn. I, I, I want to tell you that um, is a, a very easy concept, but at the same time, it's very difficult to realize. Bodily composition is, uh, uh, for everyone, is uh, you lose fat and... Um, uh, increase at the same time your muscle mass increase and if you lose uh, one kilo you or 
two lib libre two pounds yeah two pounds yeah. thank you 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 uh, if you lose two pounds you you increase two pound of uh, muscle mass and uh, this is the this is the, the 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 main point of the body recomposition but not at the same time this is possible because uh, um the the biochemical bio 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 process uh, of losing weight are completely different of the process that are behind uh, the um, the for for uh, obtain mass muscle mass or increase your muscle because uh, uh, the biochemical biochemical pathway um, aren't able to work at the same times uh, uh, the process of the uh, for that uh, allowed you to lose weight or the process that uh, allowed you to increase your muscle then uh, is a, is a, like a tango i don't know in english uh, the word tango but i think it's the same same yeah okay, <laughs> yes. okay. thank you <laughs> Okay, but be between these two processes, because they work to they work together, but not at the same times. Uh, du during uh, uh, the um, the fasting, uh, during that period, you are you are you using losing uh, you you are um, using uh, and losing your fat, and uh, when you are eating uh, and after the training. Uh, um and not during the training your muscle increase then uh, is is a, a these two process they have to work together but not at the same times because for example when you uh, do the uh, uh, during the training uh, is a catabolic process and you are not uh, obtain or, or increase your muscle during during the, tra the training but your muscle increase after the training uh, during the rest and uh, at the same times so when uh, uh, not, not the same times so for with the same uh, um, concept i think um, if you want to lose 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 weight uh, you don't lose weight when you are eating but you lose weight during uh, uh, during the rest uh, be, 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 there is between your meal for uh, for example one of the moment the best moment to lose weight is during the night uh, also at the same time so one of the best moment to lose weight is to increase muscle is during the night because there are uh, there are some process that allowed your body to uh, to uh, realize these two uh, two main goals that you have for your body recomposition do you have some question uh, until here Yes. So you mentioned the best time to, or one of the best times to lose weight is during the night. Can you explain that a little bit, Coach? Uh, yeah, doctor? Sure. yeah, sure. Because, uh, um, but every moment when you are not eating is a uh, is perfect to lose weight. Absolutely. But during the night is perfect because it's a, is a, the longest period that you have normally uh, during during your twenty four hour when you are not eating. And uh, and, uh, and uh, during the night you, you have uh, a spike of on a specific hormone GH growth hormone uh, that uh, arrive between two three at uh, a.m. that uh, have uh, um, two uh, superpower. One is okay, that, uh, okay. that uh, metabolize metabolize and uh, uh, use your fat to uh, the proc the, the another process the other process the other process are the uh, anabolic process 
that uh, uh, that are, uh, for example, increase your mass, your muscle. Yes. And uh, and uh, in fact, uh, one of the the uh, very um, uh, the specific uh, use that we do with the nutrition is uh, we uh, we uh, select a specific. Uh, a specific food, for example, uh, for the uh, meal that we have in the evening, uh, that uh, these specific food are able to stimulate GH growth hormone, and uh, uh, at the same times, these uh, at the same times don't um, block uh, your. Um, I don't know in English the pronunciation lipolysis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lipolysis. Uh, fiber. Yeah. yeah. That's hundred percent. Yes. Okay. 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 And um, and uh, and uh, with the with, with this uh, strategy, for example, is oh, I want uh, um highlight uh, it, it things. Then the that is this uh, this strategy is not there is only one strategy. To do the things, there are probably more strategies that uh, the strategy that uh, every people in the world knows. We don't know all, all possibilities that we have, but with the science that we have in this moment, I could tell you with uh, absolutely um, certeza, uh, certainty, sureness. Okay, certainly. Yeah. Thank you, Fabio, and. That that um, that uh, uh, we can manipulate the fact that uh, food have in, in our body, and we can stimulate a specific hormone as we want. Okay. And the 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 best strategy is uh, stimulate the hormone that you want stimulate in that moment mm -hmm. to the goal that you want to reach. For example, if you want to uh, stimulate uh, in, spe in in this specific case losing weight lose weight uh, yeah. we, we have to stimulate G, uh, growth hormone during the night uh, yes. that is i told you that growth hormone could stimulate also uh, muscle mass but growth hormone if you don't stimulate at the same time insulin um, is not so anabolic as if you at the same time are able to stimulate insulin then okay. uh, when, when you are working on one thing and only the other, you, you, you can ch change the factor that you have uh, in your body. And these are the same things that we do with the, with the training. It's not different. We know that we want to stimulate a growth hormone with the training. High yeah. reps are the best strategy. Instead, instead, if you want to stimulate testosterone, the, the right strategy is different. It's completely different. A lot of times it is very different. Also, the rest that we have between the the exercise uh, is could could change. No, is it exactly the same things with the nutrition? That's so. To summarize, uh, for fat loss, we want to stimulate GH, especially during night because it's a longer time we have of we spend over the twenty four hours fasting. So that's the best way to, that's the best time to stimulate uh, GH and promote fat loss. At the same time, it's also the best time to stimulate increase of muscle mass, protein synthesis. But to do, to, to do so, 
in addition to GH, we should stimulate insulin, but insulin is stimulated by ingesting some types of foods. So that's pretty much a challenge. So GH alone promotes fat loss, but if you eat, if you stimulate GH and insulin, you promote muscle mass, but then you may interfere with fat loss. Is that pretty much the main problem, David? Yeah, it's true. The goal of, of, of nutrition is to ensure you are well hydrated, well fueled, and well nourished. And uh, the the um, the goal in nutrition for body composition instead is uh, that uh, um, is uh, to ensure that uh, you are stimulating or losing weight or lose fat from your body. Yeah. Are you increasing your muscle mass to increase? Would you have a, a, a just a template of a strategy you would use? For instance, as you know, I'm trying to, I'm currently working on my body recomposition. If you would suggest me a way, because, you know, I train with heavy weights and I try to increase my muscle mass. At the same time, I'm dieting to lose fat. So if you would tell me and, you know, and Martin, whoever is listening, okay, what could be a good strategy? Could you suggest a strategy? Uh, after one of the many, because there's more one, there's more than one as we know. <laughs> okay, after after 30, uh, the first thing is forget your cheat meal. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> I refuse, no, I refuse right. for, that. <laughs> forget, forgot completely. You, you have to, to, to uh, cancel from uh, <laughs> off, off your thought. <laughs> Oh, God, no, I don't like where this is going already. <laughs> you know, that, that's a true story. You know the way I do, I I remove the cheat meal from that with my diet, but I do have some uh, as rewards when I hit certain targets. So, you know, most people get like a cheat day or a cheat meal every week. What I do, I get a cheat meal every time I reach a target. So right now, I I weigh myself every morning, right? Every time... I have lost, you know that your body weight waves. So every time I lost at least one kilo, and that is inconsistent for at least three days, I get my cheat meal. So let's say that, sorry for using kilos because I know that most of our listeners are, you know, use pounds, but let's say that I am, I will, I'm 90, right? And then after a few days of diet or weeks, sometimes weeks, because sometimes you you know you lose weight in three days and then you start stable for weeks. So let's say after a week or so, I dropped down to 89. I didn't earn my cheat meal yet. If I'm staying 89 or even way a little lower, so I don't go back for three days in a row, I earn my cheat meal, which makes it interesting because sometimes I got two cheat meals in a week, and sometimes I didn't get one for every for like three weeks but the good about that is that it's hard to give up a cheat meal unless you have a very specific goal it's like you know it's hard dieting unless you have a day in which you are uh, at a wedding or you have a photo shoot or you have a competition or something it's it's hard to train consistently as as you unless you have a goal in specific date so for me you know it's hard to give up a cheat meal but if i have a goal I will earn my cheat meal when I reach 89 and I stay 89 for three days. It's easier for me to accomplish that and to be consistent because I have the goal. If you just say, I'll never have a cheat meal, you just give up at the beginning. If you say, 
I get a cheat meal every week. You may end up, you know, having a cheat meal in a non-appropriate time. But if you set some goals, it makes you, it, it appeals you to be more consistent and committed to the to, to your program. Does that make sense? And I don't know if David agrees. I, I'm looking forward to his opinion. Yes, because uh, the the uh, the strategy uh, and the use of cheat meal uh, change completely with ages, um, and uh, the, the you are very you are very uh, you have to know very well uh, how your body works to use the cheat meal because when I was 20, 22, 25, I could I could eat. Uh, I could have a, a cheat meal a day and I can, I can, can uh, lose weight when I want. I can uh, uh, fix my body composition in a few weeks. But uh, when uh, your ages change, uh, the problem is that also your the, the hormones that you have in your body are changing. And um, and it's very complicated, uh, this subject, because uh, it's not only testosterone, but testosterone is the main for the for 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 the men. And in fact, uh, one of the the, uh, the protocol that there there, there, there are uh, is is very um, used recent in the last year, not last year, last month in the. In um, a few years, yeah, yeah. are TRT testosterone replaced treatment uh, or therapy, and yeah. uh, that uh, can try to fix uh, your testosterone uh, testosterone with uh, the the new uh, testosterones that are completely natural as uh, uh, are bioidentical testosterone testosterone, not chemical testosterone is a molecule that is exactly the same as the testosterone for your body, but there are doctors under these things and there's not for athletes, obviously. Uh, but uh, for the for your health, for for the body, could be one of the best uh, strategies that uh, for the moment the science uh, uh, seems that uh, 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 it seems that this is working very good. But testosterone is one of the, the um of a lot of hormone that are changing your body is not only testosterone that are changing, are changing GH growth hormone is changing the insulin, are changing the receptor for uh, your hormone, for example, and you can fix the hormone, but you aren't able to fix the receptor or uh, the oh. efficacy of your receptor. And the, the, the subject is very, uh, for this reason. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Martin. Uh, for for this reason, uh, I I told you that the first strategy for body composition uh, uh, when uh, after thirty after forty probably is uh, uh, more correct. Uh, you have to forget your cheat meal, or you have to to find the right strategy for you to use use a cheat meal. Other ways is very easy. That is a lot a lot of time is is enough. One cheat meal to um, lock uh, completely, you're losing weight for a lot of day. Okay. Yeah, that's that's interesting that you mentioned that. So currently, this talking about myself, right? And I, I agree with you because people have a tendency to ask, what do you eat, right? And then they think that this method of eating is going to pertain to them. And they ignore the fact that we're all very different humans. And what works for me doesn't work for the next person. Um, et cetera, et cetera, right? So 
for me, I think what's worked best at this particular, because I just turned 34 two weeks ago. Um, so I guess no more cheat meals. I'm going to have to revisit how I eat now. Um, I, I, I try to have the most, uh, eat very balanced though. So I'll, I'll make sure that each of my di- uh, plates or whatever I'm eating has some protein, has a lot of veggies. Um, and that tends to work for me very well. But then at night I, I do, I need to have something sweet. So I'll have a piece of dark chocolate and that tends to, that tends to help me maintain. So in, instead of, instead of working for that cheap meal, like coach Fabio every week or every two weeks or whenever I hit a certain goal, I give myself a little bit of chocolate every night. And that kind of keeps me, keeps me going. Um, just when I started, because I started doing body recomp not too long ago, about two months ago, I gave up croissants, chocolate croissants. Cause I was having one, like one every other day or one every morning. Cause I was, I'm training so hard that I'm like, dude, I think I can get away with having a croissant every day. But then I quickly realized as soon as I cut that out, that my body started to drop a lot. So I'm like, oh, okay, shit. Then I can't have chocolate croissants every morning. So that, that was like one modification I made. Not um, that you mean. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I tried not to have, I mean, I had, are you, have you been, have you been to Southern California, uh, doctor? Have you ever been to California, David? Yeah. Ah, to, ah, sorry. No, no, I never been there. Okay. So I had in and out, um, which are, it's a famous fast food chain out here. So it's, that was my cheat meal last night. It, co- it's coach my Bobby, favorite. <laughs> in and out burgers. Uh, David, later on at dinner, I'll tell you about in and out burgers. You, you want to go there. But did you get the protein burgers or the uh, the one in the leaf of, uh, of veggies, or did you take the ones with with the bread? No, coach. I, this is this is my in and out order. I got a. Uh, it's four meat patties, two cheeses, um, add pickles, whole grilled onions, and I got my fries. So I I went bun and everything. I that was a cheat meal. I guess that was my cheat meal there. So, did you get the fries with the bacon and cheese or just the fries? No, just the fries. I was trying to be good. I was trying to be a little bit healthier. So I'm like, I'm just gonna get I the fries. Get bacon and cheese fries. <laughs> You can eat French fries if you want as much as no as much as you want, but you can eat that and are not a, a cheat meal if you are able to use introduce that that uh, that fries in your in your in you in your diet. You have to uh, you know okay. exactly how many fat are you are you eating, how many carbohydrates that you are eating. Uh, but uh, in the in the few minutes, I want to tell you the ultimate. Nutrition guide for athletes and uh, coaches. Yes. And uh, I explain you how you have to calculate exactly the, the, the macros that you have to use in your diet. And uh, I give you another strategy that is not to use the, uh, the scale that uh, okay. otherwise you, you, you seem, um, which is a drogato in English? Addicted. Addicted. Uh, addicted to the scale. Yeah. Okay. But uh, uh, how you could calculate exa- uh, 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 with a hi- very high um, mm-hmm. precision uh, your, your macro using your hand. Okay. Bam. Okay. Let's go. Let's do this. I can't wait. I love this. I know. The first thing I know where, have... where David is, going, is getting. It's wonderful. So just okay. do it. Okay. The first things that I, have, I want to tell you uh, is... Uh, we you could start with the uh, from the protein and um, and you, you have to understand how much protein we need okay. and um, uh, more or less uh, uh, for everyone 
the protein that you, you need, we need, uh, if, if you have some training during the week, uh, are between 1.4 grams to 2.2 grams that are uh, 0.65 pound to 1 pound, mm. I think. Okay. Of body weight, right? So 1.4 to 2.2 grams per kilograms of body weight. Yeah, uh, sure. Turn to uh, U.S. metrics. I don't think you use pound, but you use ounces for uh, for food, right? So I think that readers, uh, listeners, or you can convert those 1.2, 2. Uh, 1.4, no, yeah, grams. Uh, with uh, my calculator. But uh, our grams, 1.4 to 2.2. Some athletes uh, need more than 2.2 grams. Uh, okay. uh, I know athletes that they are able to stay on uh, 4 uh, grams per kilo of the muscle mass of protein uh, with, with, without any kind of pro- problem and wow. are the right pro- the protein that they, their body needs, as, for example, Fabio. But... Uh, uh, but for ninety uh, percent of of uh, the other athlete, a uh, range between one point of one point four grams to two point two grams uh, per kilo um, per kilo are are exactly the uh, the, the right range uh, where you have to stay, and uh, we change the the the, the grams for uh, your body in relation. Uh, with uh, with type of training uh, for uh, with uh, the hour uh, that you spent uh, in, in in your tra- in your training. Okay. The other point are fat that are very important. That uh, uh, fat uh, you have to stay uh, at least one point one grams one point one grams per kilo uh, per kilo. Band. This means that uh, a man that uh, uh, um, that uh, his weight is uh, uh, 68 kilos, uh, that they are 150 pounds. This uh, mm. should be correct. Yeah. Uh, you have to eat 75 grams. 75 grams of protein. Okay. Okay. Yeah. In oh, fact, the, con- yeah. uh, the, com- the conversion is uh, uh, 50% of the weight is uh in is uh if you are using pound uh in pound instead yeah. with the uh, with the uh, kilos are more or less double and um and this is at the, the, the this uh, two the first point that you have to calculate how much protein do you need and how much fat do you need the fat is uh, for everyone is completely perfect because if you stay under uh, one grams per kilo or 0.5 uh, uh, per pound, uh, yeah, and you are an athlete, uh, probably uh, you are losing your uh, perfect uh, uh, hormonal set uh, because uh, you are eating enough uh, um, uh, fat that uh, uh, are necessary to maintain uh, your hormones in the right level. And uh, the last point is a carbohydrate. Uh, this is uh, the macro uh, that is very difficult uh, and the, the, uh, the macro uh, that you can manipulate um, with uh, uh, um, um, with the computer so come si dice Fabio with with more uh, well, let's say you can be more aggressive with. 
Okay. Carb with carbs. Okay. Yeah. Be more aggressive. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Fabio. And uh, uh, protein, you have to maintain between that range, one point four uh, between one point four uh, until two point two grams per kilos. And uh, fat, you have to maintain uh, one one point one per kilos. Inside carbohydrate, you can completely. It's very gigantic the the range uh, because uh, uh, are from two grams per kilo to 12 grams for kilos. And uh, so basically, to, to summarize, you keep constant, almost constant your proteins and fat to the levels that you know that ensure that you stay healthy and you manip manipulate the carbs. Is yeah, that sure. correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Exactly. The, 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 the best point is, if you wanted to, to uh, you have to discuss Discover where you are, and to do this, you have to use uh, an app uh, that uh, the app that you prefer, and uh, you, you have to uh, add uh, the what you are eating, and okay. for at least uh, seven ten days, at the end you uh, could discover the average of fat, average of protein, average of carbohydrate, and Actually. then. And after this, you can compare with the range that I, uh, I, I'm giving you. And you, you could know if you are eating uh, too less protein or too much protein, or if you are eating too less fat or too much fat. And, and you can know where you are with the carbohydrate. Because the point where you are with the carbohydrate is uh, extremely important. Because uh, if you are um, a strong man, or if you, you, if you uh, are training your strength, uh, you have to eat less carbohydrate in a relationship with the endurance athlete. Okay. Because endurance athlete yeah. use more carbohydrate than Okay. So I'm going to try to summarize. So step number one is calculate your needs in terms of proteins and fats. Yeah. Then do it, use an app like Fat Secrets or MyFitnessPal, whatever you use in the US, and get your diary there in for at least a week. See what you're eating, where you're at, and compare the amount of proteins and fat with what are the guidelines. And then you can adjust those to make sure that you stay healthy and then play on the carbs. Carbs, the amount of carbs that you're currently eating and what you should eat are related to the type of training that you're doing. If you're doing pure strength sports, it's anaerobic lactic, so you basically don't need that much glycogen, so you can carbs can stay lower. If you are an endurance athlete or one of those bodybuilders who do a lot of pumping with anaerobic, you know, lactic system and so on, you probably need more carbs. But basically, the more endurance type of sport you play, the more you need carbs. Is that correct, Davide? Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Not I'm doing the summary. <laughs> so I, I, I think you bring up, I think you said so many important things. Um, one of the things that, that sounds out the most is, is your explanation of the importance of fat, which I think people tend to be very afraid of consuming fat because they're like, oh, if I eat fat, I'm going to get fat. But, um, and just correct me if, if I'm wrong. The importance of consuming the proper amount of fat is it, it helps with hormone levels, right? And hormone stabilization and all that. So um, 
I, I think people need to speak more about this, or at least it, it's a great message to send to, to, to people who aren't in our field. I mean, it's, it's important to everybody, even people in my field, which, um, it, it's just a game changer. Right? I, I think you explained it very correctly because, because we're all very well aware of the importance of protein. It helps conserve muscle mass, et cetera, et cetera. Very, very important. Um, the, the, the whole thing about fat and then your approach to, to the amount of carbs that you're supposed to consume and how you can just kind of wave them is, um, is fantastic because one of the main takes away, one, I mean, the main takeaway for me from this conversation up to now is you, you look exact, you look at nutrition and, and how we eat exactly like I look at strength training where we're kind of waving and just trying, like, it just depends, right? It always just depends. And I think it's fantastic that there's this crossover between strength and conditioning and the way that we eat when we're trying to um, achieve body recomposition. So um, I, I think it's amazing. And I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody explain um, explain this topic this way. So I, I, I want to say thank you. And I really, really appreciate it. And I'm very interested in learning more about everything that you got to say. Thank you. I have to tell you other two things that yes. are very important. Uh, when you... Um, uh, use the uh, you find the average of carbohydrate that mm -hmm. uh, uh, fat and protein uh, for that uh, the average for each day you can compare with the the range that I tell you and uh, if you are uh, bless you, uh, you. if you, and uh, if you uh, when you um, find where you are you 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 can compare your uh, situation with the the theoretical perfect range. This is the, the, the one, the second step. You compare where you are with the perfect th theoretical range. Then the pe perfect theoretical range for uh, strongmen are a uh, utopic range for a lot of athletes, for example, for carbohydrate, because the range is between five to seven grams per kilos. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, for, for, for me, uh, it, uh, uh, it, uh, uh, it, uh, this range is on, only a chimera. Is a, is this the English a chimera? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, Diciamo che è un'utopia. Okay, utopic, it's utopic. <laughs> uh, for, for a lot of latter, it is impossible to, uh, to, to arrive there. Okay. And uh, Fabio Ma is the same. Is the same. Was the same <laughs> when I tried to training for me, and uh, and uh, and. Um, but instead, is a normal range, for example, for uh, some beginners in the triathlon. In the triathlete, is uh, is very is very a lot of, a lot of that athlete is uh, very easily uh, eat five between five or seven, seven grams per kilos. And uh, when you arrive to professional athlete. Uh, it's very easy to uh, find uh, a lot of them that eat 10 grams per kilos. But uh, there, there is a point that uh, what uh, is working for, for their athlete is, doesn't mean that it's good for, your, for their health. So in, in this context, David, it could really work the idea is, let's say, so I compile my training diary. Yeah. I have, and I see how much is the average of carbs I'm eating daily, right? I know about the fats and the proteins. Now, if I'm overweight, let's say I'm eating five grams of carbs per kilogram of body weight, and I am overweight, so I know I have to cut them. 
if I have, if I realize that because body recomposition could also be, you know, just gaining weight because you don't have enough muscle mass, you go yeah. to the fat. So let's say I'm eating five grams of carbs per kilogram of body weight and I'm underweight, I'm just going to increase that or even the proteins. So regardless of the sport, if you have a screenshot of where you're at and what you're eating, where you what you are today as far as your body composition is the result of what you've been eating in the past months. So starting with that screenshot, I can probably just adjust the carbs higher or lower according to the goal, to where I am now and the goal. Does that work as an idea? Yeah, it's, it's correct. But there is another thing that we want to uh, add what uh, you said. And that is uh, for some people, for example, that they are in overweight. And uh, for these people are eating, for example, 1.4 grams uh, of protein per, per kilo. And they are eating uh, the, uh, 0.8, uh, 0.9 grams of fat per kilo. It's very common, these things. And uh, 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 he was eating uh, three grams of carbohydrate for kilos. There isn't possibility to lose weight because the first things that we have to do in this case is uh, one thing is uh, they have to increase uh, his training because he have to increase this muscle mass. Is uh, the, the, the absolutely the main things that he, he have to do. But the second point is that uh, I don't have to cut anything. I have to increase the, the I have to move uh, the fat in the right range. I have to move at one grams per kilo. I have to increase a little bit probably the protein. I have to increase also 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 the grams of, of the carbohydrate. Only when I, I I I increase a little bit of the range of the all macros, I could only after that I could cut a carbohydrate. Not I I don't have to cut protein and uh, and um, so so you mean that if the person is overweight and he's not eating enough according to the health ranges, strategy number one is get them to train and make sure that they are enough, nutritious enough, so bring that up to the range. Because yeah. only if you have enough protein, fats, and carbs, you can cut them. If you yeah. already don't have enough, which is something that we have seen many times, yeah. people under-eating for a while, their metabolism is down, their muscle mass is down, and if you keep cutting calories, it's not going to help at all. So sometimes you need to go up to be able to go down after. Is that what you mean, David? Yeah, wow. exactly. This is Absolutely. great. Absolutely. And if I may connect this with my personal thing, this is something I do all the time. Uh, even though when I'm not on diet, I, I'm very careful and aware of what I eat. But travels and cheat meals are what gradually screw me up so it means like i i was super fit when i turned 52 and i i got in perfect shape i was 83 kilos I, my abs were out and then gradually within two years weight gradually starts going up so i decided okay i got the limit i'm gonna cut again and i want to be in perfect shape again when i'm when i turn 54 so you know how i started i started by taking almost a month of free eating. So I just, I had my restrictions. I would self-restrict myself, right? So I went on vacation. When I went on vacation, I had everything I wanted for breakfast. I had 
appetizer, first course, second course, dessert in every single meal for a while. So I overbeat, overeating for a while. I was about 94 kilos. I gained up to 96. I was overeating because that made it way easier for the diet to work when I started the diet. Does that kind of work, Davide? Is that pretty much what you mean? Yeah. Uh, exactly. strategy? My, I, I want yeah, I want to uh, uh, I want to tell tell you another thing sir, that is very important is uh, is uh, works in the same uh, way for the men and for the women uh, is not different for the women uh, the increase uh, the 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 increase is mm. higher but from thirty five years to fifty five years uh, the fat in the body naturally increase of 30%. That means that we have 10 kilos after um, after in, in 20 years, your body fat increased 30%. Yet you arrive with what? at least 30% increase. Wow. Naturally, from 30, it's not 35 exactly the moment uh, until 364. <laughs> yeah, in, in the 20 years. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. we all see this, by the way. We all see this. Or the that That's true. You know, how many people do we know that in their 20s, you know, they were always ripped, they could eat whatever they want. And then they don't undergo regular training as we do. You see them 20 years later, which happened to me, and they are like bulked, and you can't even recognize them. Yeah. And it's not that they're not eating well or they're overeating. It's simply that aging naturally you start adding body fat and you got to be way way so the, the more you age the more you be need to be conscious about your nutrition so it, what what we can we all agree that strength training is one of the best tools for body recomposition like the sooner we start with strength uh, regular strength training that can be one of the biggest tools to maintain a healthy um body mass index etc cetera, etc cetera, body a healthy body composition more importantly than anything like is that the best tool? Obviously, yeah, along with proper macros. Became an ameba. I don't know ameba in English, yeah, but uh... <laughs> well, yeah. So you don't turn yourself into a big jelly, basically. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The ameba. I don't know if it's, if it's English. Is ameba? It is. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It is. This is what Ameba. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a big jelly, basically. How how important is um timing of macro so i have ah, one, one of my one of my you friends open a pandora a pandora, pandora box, box. <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> no allora i tell you 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 for me is absolutely important okay absolutely the timing and also the order of your macro during the meal so that but matters. if you are eating bad the the main goal is you have to eat it right in the right way. After when you you obtain a a, a routine, wow. then while you are eating correct, I can uh, uh, suggest you the right timing in the right order of the macro during the meal. For example, I, I follow a lot of diabetic athletes and uh, uh, diabetic people, um, and. Uh, if I change the order of their meal, for example, at the beginning of their meal, there is a, a, a cup of uh, uh, fresh vegetables. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, f- uh, after that, there is a portion of fish, of meat, after uh, a little bit of uh, um, cooked vegetables, and only at the end, the rice, the pasta, or a, a carbohydrate, only at the end. Their uh, um, glycemic spike completely change, but seems that they are use insulin uh, as hormone before the meal, only change the order of uh, their, 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 the food that they are using. And uh, uh, the order, the, the food that they use, it change completely the effect on your body. But if you are eating shit during, normally, the, the, the most goal is not the, the order or the timing of the food. is uh, started to eat correct. And uh, <laughs> uh, uh, after that, you can talk about the timing, the order. Uh, okay. Or, this is, this is such an important point because some yeah. people are concerned about should I eat my protein in the evening, my carbs in the evening, what should I yeah. do, or what order should I? So step number one is clean your diet. Eat cleaner, right? Once you learn how to eat cleaner, you will already get, just by eating cleaner, most people, you, you said you just gave up your croissant and yes. you saw the change. Yes. So the main thing is why do you want to get people on a strict diet right away? Step one is clean, get rid of all the trash food, you know, all the junk food. And once you did that, you will have great results. And at a certain point, you'll hit the plateau, right? When you hit that plateau, next strategy is optimizing what you're eating. You're already eating well. Then you can start thinking about, okay, where should I place my carbs? Where should I my protein meals? How should we do this? And then also, which food should be first to be ingested during a meal. This is, to me, this is such a great point to me because again, especially because the the biggest uh, uh, challenge for people who wanna change their body composition is being motivated and be consistent and stick to diet. If you try to take away too much from the very beginning, you know, you put them on a strict diet, they will give up right away. But if they realize that with a little sacrifice, you know, just taking your croissant away, you know, every other day makes a change, you will be motivated to say, okay, I just took this. It didn't cost me much. And I got so such a great result. What if I do the next step and you get some more results? And then what if, so you basically, you get involved more and more into it and you get more and more motivated by results, by entering your new Wait, I, I like to say it. Uh, I don't like to talk about diet. I like to talk about, you know, uh, let's say nutritional education. If mm-hmm. you start educate yourself in eating well gradually, then it doesn't become something that is uh, hard for you to follow. It becomes your lifestyle. In that yeah. case, it's win-win, right? So you got, but you got to get there gradually. When when it comes to body recomposition, is there an um, a what's the best or is there a better ideal way of training for body recomposition or is it pretty much like hey you're going to do some strength training you're going to clean up your diet you're going you're going to cut your croissant, croissant like me and then um kind of just figure out what you're doing would you say there's an ideal way to train or does that not matter as long as you're doing some strength training and you're cleaning up how you're how you eat the the, the right strategy is that what works for you okay perfect that if the best strategy for you is to do uh, 
both things at the same times could be the, the best things. But if, if you, you should be uh, uh, too difficult to mess, messy, uh, <laughs> you have to choose the, what is better for you. In my opinion, you have to start with the training and after with diet. Okay. Only because the training uh, increases a lot of hormone, like hand, endorphin. Mm-hmm. Then uh, uh, you start to feel better, uh, more happy, and uh, you see your future better, um, yeah. more positive way. And when you, you ch- when are start is the best way to change your mindset. And uh, after this, you can work on nutrition. But if you want to see, um, uh the un cambiamento changing on your body yep. uh the best instead the best strategy is start with nutrition because with the nutrition i, I i'm able to uh, uh to um to uh allow you to lose to to lose yeah seven eight nine kilo for for in in amount if i want uh very easy i uh, my, my a goal that I had in uh, uh, in uh, in my career car, car, career mm-hmm. uh, was uh, seventy five kilos in uh, seven eight months. I forgot uh, in uh, a, a, a client of mine loses seventy five mm-hmm. kilo in this period. So uh, he, he he divided his body into part in 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 this period. I have a, a is a video testimonianza. What do Testimonial. A video testimonial uh, online my website and uh, is in Italian. But I could share it with you after uh, the, yes. our 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 uh, Zoom. But but Absolutely. the point uh, for me one the our our life is too sedentary. And we have mm-hmm. to start our bottom from from the chair and uh, move move our body. After this, everything is very easy to fix it. Also the the, the nutrition. With nutrition, I can change your body very quicker than with the training because with the, the training you have to to be constant. You have to uh, to do the things uh, um, follow the, the, the your 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 schedule. Uh, Elemento, uh, Your training plan. Okay. Your, your training plan, and uh, with nutrition is there uh, change your body. But the, the most important thing for me is only my opinion. Uh, I'm, a, uh, I'm a, a doctor in sports science. I'm a doctor also in nutrition. Uh, I, I, I had a four degree in my life. Uh, sport nutrition, uh, specialization in sport nutrition, a PhD in uh, physiology of nutrition and physiology of sport. And the, the last degree that I had was in biology of nutrition. And uh, uh, I was a student of Fabio. Uh, I st- at the beginning, said uh, Fabio, Fabio was only today my ma- mentor. Uh, uh-huh. My, my mentor. I, I grew up <laughs> with him, with him, and uh, and um, I told every time that uh, if uh, I uh, I uh, a lot of my passion ar- arrive from uh, the passion that uh, he. Uh, Put on my heart during 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 uh, during when I was his uh, assistant. Uh, you were, yeah. 
teaching for the talent creation of fitness. We were working together when you started as my assistant. Yeah, at the time. Now I could assist you, but (laughs) only some things. I studied that things and I I I study a lot of uh, new things, and uh, I had a lot of time to 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 reach your your ability, and uh, all in, in nutrition, all in nutrition. <laughs> uh, so, with just we're gonna start. I want to start seg- uh, moving into the more of the sports specific um, or soccer talk that we're gonna start to have right now. What what are some of the biggest challenges that you you see working with general population versus? Now, like you're going to go work with a team. Like, what do you think some of the biggest challenges are going to be? Ma for Ma for Mauro. No, no, for you, that'd be that. Like, in, in in terms of uh nutrition, like, what do you what do you see some of the what do you think is going to be challenging, or is there going to be anything challenging about working in a team setting versus um just the general population? Yeah. Ah. Uh, and are two different kind of human. Uh, athlete or athlete are not uh, are, are not people that uh, live a normal life. Yeah, it's completely different. They, that is, I I do a lot of things that ninety ninety nine percent of the people are, uh, don't want to do and never are able to do uh, in their life. But I do that things for my work. Athlete are the same things. They they have to be able to. Uh, use a lot of strategies that normal people don't have to use, but they have to use for their life. For example, in nutrition with athletes, uh, is completely uh, uh, after twenty three years mm-hmm. uh, um, because today uh, that I work in uh, sport and nutrition, uh, I start in two thousand and uh, uh, and two thousand twenty three are twenty after twenty three years. I could tell you that uh, I I don't use the scale also with athlete. Uh, okay. It's not ne- necess- completely necessary. Uh, but if you have to... Um, um, uh, uh, reach uh, their perfect body composition with a very uh, low fat is necessary to use scale. But uh, for the also the other athlete is not necessary because... Uh, uh, in fact, I tell tell you that I use a, a ha- hand to to measure yes. the grams. I told you before that I, it would I, be great if you could show how you see the portions of those things. Oh yes, a palm, a palm, your palm uh, of which one of us uh, is uh, um, you can use use that uh, measure that as uh, uh, that is a portion of protein. Your palm. Okay. Okay. Without the fingers, right? Only the palm. The Only the palm. Exactly. That no fingers. <laughs> is more or less more or less twenty five gram of protein. Oh okay. Oh okay. Oh, damn. Twenty five gram, gram of protein. That's an eight ounce steak, more or less. Ooh. For example, Shaquille O'Neal that has a bigger hand, a big hand. <laughs> It's not 25, probably 50 grams, but uh, everything is uh, in relationship of the mass yeah. of that body. Exactly. Okay. Okay. It's perfect because uh, you have to use your, your hand to measure that. A, um, um, up, maybe with your hand. Serving? 
Sì, e, e... a mano a coppa, no? Dici tu. E, e se, me l'ero scritto come si dice, e, e, e cap at hand, cap at hand, cap at hand, is a portion for carbohydrate, portion for carbohydrate, and, uh, um, and that measure is, uh, uh, is uh, the same thing, so is uh, 25 grams of carbohydrate. More or less, for each of us, is 25 grams of carbohydrate. And uh, fat instead, for, for, uh, uh, for us that are Italian, the measure is uh, a thumb. Uh, for, excuse me, uh, no, no, a thumb. For, um, for uh, American, is a thumb. A, t- a thumb of fat is uh, 10 grams of fat. Instead, for, for us in Italy, use um, uh, a spoon. A spoon because we use only olive oil. Normally, mm-hmm. we use only olive oil. And uh, and uh, and uh, um, why I use a thumb? Because if you use a nut, you can the nut that stay in a, in a thumb are more or less ten grams of uh, uh, yes, the volume of the thumb, the volume of the thumb. Got That's it. A, you have to correspond the volume of the thumb with with uh, with uh, some uh, um, food that are mainly are fat. <laughs> Because uh, each food is not mainly carbohydrate or only protein yeah. or only fat. It's a mixture way if you use a food. If you use uh, supplements, uh, you can find only protein or carbohydrate. Or yes. only f- But if you use food, is every time is a mixture. For example, when you use rice or pasta, inside there are also a little bit of, of a protein, a very few. But you can consider that uh, that, that kind of uh, uh, food only carbohydrate, a portion of pasta, rice, a cup at end of rice is 25 grams of, of, of carbohydrate. And for example, the instruction that I tell you when I, I calculate, for example, the for the for the many for that was. Uh, they have to use 75 grams of fat it means that 70 7 point, uh, uh, 5 7, 7, meters, uh, 7 yeah. times of, of fat or for example you have to use uh, for someone that uh, his weight uh, is uh, 70 70 kilo and they have to use uh, in this case uh, 4 grams uh, 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 of carbohydrate uh, for kilos means that they have to use uh, to eat 20 to ha- 280 grams of carbohydrate that means that are for eight uh, uh, 11 11 cup of hand of carbohydrate, carbohydrate yeah. during the day yes. during the day for the same people uh, you have to use you have to eat sorry uh, instead, instead uh, if if uh, you have to you to eat um, uh, 1.4 gram of, of protein, means that uh, you have to eat uh, 100 grams of uh, protein until 2.2 150. That means that are four palm palms or two six palms to to eat. Between 100 grams to 150 grams, that means 1.4 grams per kilos or 2.2 grams per kilos. That using your hand is very easy when you are you are uh, you are abroad or if you are on holiday or if you are on restaurant or if you are eating uh, uh, out uh, your lunch because you are working. It's very easy uh, yeah. use your hand to 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 measure the things that you are eating. So- this of course so it's already cooked meals 
So for instance, I go to the restaurant, I know I need to eat, okay, let's say 50 grams of proteins and 75 grams of, of carbs, right? And um, 20 grams of fat. So what I would do, I would get uh, two, so 50 grams, palm is 25. So two pieces of, I don't know, pieces of salmon that are each one as big as my palm. And uh -huh. then I would three cups of rice, say that amount of rice, and I would get two thumbs of butter or olive oil or whatever type of dressing, fat dressing I'm going to put in it, right? Is that mm. correct? That so it makes your yeah. life easier. So you, yeah. you can look at your plate and see how much you should eat and how much you should leave, or if you can order another plate, basically. That's true. I'm going to start doing that when I go to restaurants. That makes your life easier. It, it, it makes it really easier. I thought it was great. Because, you know, when I travel, to me, it's very hard. Because in some parts, you know, some places, you you read on the menu how many grams is your, is your meal. You don't see yeah. it in the country. You, know, you don't get that. So you order your meal. You see how big it is. And I know, okay, this steak is unfortunately too big. Let me cut, a, cut off a piece and leave it there. but uh, Or leave part of the carbs or half of the potato. Or let me add... Let me order some more so I can match with my requirements. Makes my life way easier without a scale or anything. Yeah, I, th I think that's like the biggest challenge, um, especially when you're, where you're when your goal is body recomposition or whatever your goal is in terms of eating and and creating a better creating better eating habits. Is um, I don't want to be the guy who just pulls out a scale at the restaurant because it's kind of weird. But <laughs> um, you're lucky when you go to restaurants and they have everything broken down because you can just type everything into your into your app, it makes it really easy. But um, in terms of using that hand method um, um, and the cup at hand method, I am going to start implementing that for sure, 100%. Um, so just drastic change of topic at this point. Um, a few months ago, I'm always on, on the Strong First website every, every morning, just looking up at the new articles. And some months ago, I came across a really interesting article uh, called A Strength Plan for Professional Soccer Players. I grew up playing soccer my entire life. I still try to play on Tuesday nights. It's I'm not as good as I, I mean, I don't think I'm as fit as I was when I was like 20 um, in terms of soccer fitness, but I still kind of kick the ball around a little bit. But I, I came around this very novel approach to um, the strength training for soccer players in the off season. And I became very intrigued. It, it, was, it was an approach different from what we implemented here, at least at, at my facility with our players. And um I wanted to dive deep into this, into this whole different approach. Um, Coach Fabio, would you mind talking a little bit about this programming? Um, I also want to introduce Coach Mauro, who's been patiently waiting for us to start talking about soccer. Well, I, 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 I let Mauro talk about it and yes. where he came from and how he implemented it. And it was just a translate for him. He Absolutely. knows English, but uh, he prefers me to translate. So... Uh, I'd like, I'll ask him what, where the idea came from, how it started, I, how it started. especially the results were in, incredible. So let's talk about that. So Mauro, uh, I think you understood the question. You can start, te just make short sentences so I can translate them. Allora, thank you, Martin, for your invitation. And uh, like Fabio said now, I prefer to speak Italiano. So for <laughs> <laughs> I speak Spanish, so I, I kind of understand some of the things that you guys wow. are saying. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, okay. Also, also, my English is very awful, but oh. I try to do the best uh, that I could. 
<laughs> I I understood it's everything Italian. you said. We sound strange on calls. <laughs> <laughs> you guys the are good. Is, the mind is worse. What? Well, um, um, conosco Fabio dal 2015. E, diciamo il nostro incontro eh, negli anni eh, nel nostro incontro durante questi anni ha scaturito l'idea di introdurre eh, nello sport di cui io alleno eh, da ormai oltre vent'anni eh, una piccola rivoluzione legata soprattutto all'allenamento della, della forza argomento o qualità che soprattutto nel calcio professionistico italiano ma anche europeo eh, a mio avviso è, è poco curata Fabio eh, dimmi tu quando va bene, questa va bene va bene così, lunghezza è così perfetta so we know each other since 2015 and since we got started you know, uh, interacting together and having exchanges um, uh, Mauro started thinking about implementing strength training with soccer especially uh, uh, because this is a revolutionary approach especially for soccer here, professional soccer here in Italy and also in Europe because Basically, it's not something that uh, it has been done until Mauro started it, basically. Va bene così, Mauro? Ok, vai. Sì, perfetto. Eh, il fatto che ho conosciuto Fabio e soprattutto avvicinandomi al mondo di Strong First, mi sono reso conto che i programmi che loro proponevano e adottavano potevano avere successo anche in uno sport di squadra come il calcio. Eh, la sfida è stata quella di provare a, a, a portare in maniera, ehm, diciamo, cioè senza alterazioni durante la stagione, eh, i programmi, qualche loro programma e, e di adottarlo per, con tutti i giocatori. Questo è stato possibile nel momento in cui sono, ho cambiato squadra e ho avuto la libertà di potermi approcciare liberamente all'allenamento della forza. Eh, aspetta, aspetta che cosa qua, secondo... ah, okay. So basically he uh, he found out, you know, uh, that plans many plans by Strongfirst and adding this myself probably due to our minimalist approach were suitable for you know soccer players but also for working with teams and uh, but to do so we had to wait have the uh, situation in which he had freedom uh you know training his athletes without interfering too much with the uh, goals of the season and whatever yeah. the, the coach would, would would dictate so he basically changed Change team to be able to make his own decisions. Basically, this is what he did. Yeah. What uh, what team were you coaching at, Coach Mauro? Then what team were you able to implement your your training style? I worked in the second league with uh, one team that the name is Pal, and I changed uh in a third league starting third league with another team that the name is Renate Calcio so so, uh, so basically was... he gave up you know he gave up he, he ranked himself he went lower rank just because he had the opportunity of doing things his way so you went Which... from Serie B to Serie C correct yeah exactly correct correct very very correct <laughs> um Which is a very you know it's very courageous approach i mean yeah. 
He just said, if I'm in, in Series Second League, Series B, but I can't do what I want, I prefer to be in Series C and make my decisions, right? It, the challenge is stata quella di di rivoluzionare, cercare di rivoluzionare il mondo del calcio, soprattutto puntando il faro sull'allenamento della forza. Eh, non eh, intendendo con questo termine solo l'allenamento del eh, lower body, ma bensì eh, del global body, unendo sia upper body e, e lower body insieme. Perché l'idea di fondo qual era? Se io riesco ad incrementare la forza massimale di un atleta e quindi di conseguenza poi eh, quello che la curva forza velocità, cioè spostare eh, questo, migliorare anche tutte le altre forze sottostanti, forza veloce, forza rapida, eh, forza esplosiva, eh, posso rendere il mio atleta eh, quindi più forte, più veloce e, e anche più potente. Questa è stata un po' la sfida. So the challenge was introducing strength training not only lower body but also upper body with uh, soccer players. The idea was take that fourth velocity curve and just, you know, shift it to a higher level because, you know, once you have increased the uh, one rep max strength uh, of the players, then this reflects on strength speed, speed strength, you know, power and so on. So the idea is getting more performant athletes. This was the idea. Um, questa rivoluzione aveva come diciamo base eh, due pilastri fondamentali. La prima appoggiava sulla programmazione, quindi un lavoro mirato che avesse una direzione eh, soprattutto nei mesi di pre-season e di season. E la seconda, eh, la qualità eh, ridurre, quindi essere minimalisti negli esercizi da eseguire, ma ehm, diciamo, eh, cercare di renderli, eh, utilizzare questi esercizi per eh, aumentare il carico il più possibile per rendere i giocatori più forti. So, strategia numero uno era programming, che è qualcosa che usually do and uh, but the, the other thing was reducing taking a minimalist approach re by reducing the number of exercise to get fewer more global exercises mm -hmm. to be able to do them consistently and increase the performance in those exercises questo eh, per quale motivo perché eh, credo che in uno sport di squadra non ci sia il tempo per poter eh, allenare la forza in maniera eh, così mh, eh, precisa ma soprattutto eh, con eh, quei rituali che magari in altri sport è possibile fare eh, visto che comunque la maggior parte del tempo si spende eh, sul lavoro sul campo con la palla con la, col tecnico e la seconda cosa era quella di evitare di inserire tutta una serie di esercizi che fanno parte della famiglia del fitness o più di un mondo allargato come quello del fitness, ma puntare solo su esercizi ehm, multiarticolari che stimolassero comunque eh, l'incremento e il miglioramento della forza eh, negli atleti. Quindi la selezione è stata fatta 
eh, così eh, unidirezionale eh, su quelli che sono movimenti green o, o comunque esercizi di base. So basically, first reason for that was the fact that soccer players, soccer teams do not have that much time for train training yeah. as they do in other sports because most of the time it's spent on the field with the ball. And so, of course, this led to a minimalist approach. On the other end, so the idea was getting rid of all those common exercises also in soccer, but they come more from the fitness industry and get rid of that and try to focus on more uh, fundamental uh, multi-joint exercises that give the biggest bang for the buck. Eh, parlando con Fabio che poi mi ha sempre seguito in questo percorso eh, adesso è il terzo anno che stiamo facendo una progressione eh, di lavoro questa progressione di lavoro è passata per esempio dall'utilizzare il primo anno un esercizio per il movimento per l'allenamento del lipinge eh, come lo swing allo scorso anno e quest'anno utilizzando lo stacco da terra con bilanciere, quindi il deadlift, e passando dal primo anno eh, utilizzando lo zerker squat, eh, introducendo il back squat eh, sia lo scorso anno che quest'anno. Eh, diciamo... Fermate lì che ti prendo questa parte. So we've been always interacting the third year this going on this way and mm. so initially the hip hinge we're using the swing yes now onto the deadlift right now and we started with a zercher squat because it's you know it's easier everybody can do it and so on now we're to the back squat so this is the progression in the exercises same category but we went a little bit you know higher in in required skill and and also physical a, a physical let's say preparedness ok eh, a questi esercizi si unisce comunque sempre una, un lavoro per monopodalico, eh, quindi eh, ad un solo arto che è il Bulgarian Squat. Però al di là di questo la cosa interessante qual è concentrarsi su eh, pochi esercizi, in questo caso due, eh, uno per eh, l'anca e uno per ginocchio dominante per, eh, come lo squat, e eh, sviluppare attorno a questi due esercizi eh, una programmazione tale che eh, possa portare l'atleta ad esprimere il massimo eh, migliorare quello che è il, diciamo, i livelli di forza eh, attuali o comunque di base che ha. So, eh, using, um, in addition to this, we also always have some unilateral exercises, for instance, the Bulgarian squat. Uh, but the idea is just staying focused to the uh, minimal effective dose, let's say, yeah. of the exercise that allow to increase the strength of the exercises, of the, uh, of the athletes. Got it. Um, In questo modo, eh, si eh, sciupa tempo, quantomeno si economizza al massimo il tempo di lavoro e si cerca di dare uno stimolo appropriato ed efficace a quello che è la stimolazione di questa qualità. Eh, la programmazione è, è stata eh, differente eh, sia durante la stagione scorsa che durante 
gli anni, nel senso che eh, valutando alcune risposte avute nello scorso anno eh, abbiamo cercato comunque di incrementare o di portare comunque eh, sistemi, metodi di allenamento eh, che potessero andare a migliorare quella che era la stimolazione che in quel momento stavamo riscontrando. So, with always the focus of remaining time efficient, yes. we kind of the programming strategy has changed through the years because according to the results measured on year one, we we corrected you know the aim in year two and so on. So we're kind of refining the programming strategy to get the better results. Got it. Quindi, noi, io principalmente, eh, essendo ispirato dalla scuola Strong First, ma soprattutto da Fabio, ho utilizzato programmi che, lineari, eh, ho utilizzato programmi step cycle, eh, ho utilizzato programmi che si avvicinavano molto a Plan Strong eh, o Easy Strength eh, nelle varie fasi dell'anno. E, e, e poi gli stessi programmi li abbiamo utilizzati per la parte alta che adesso poi andrò a raccontare. Yeah, so, you know, we through fired by strong first programming, we uh model used uh some linear cycles mm-hmm. and some step cycles and also approached some uh, uh variable overload programming like plans similar to plans wrong. Okay. And especially During the in-season, there was uh, a lot of use of easy strength type of templates. During during the in-season? Yeah, during the in-season, because you okay. need to maintain there, and you can't give too much volume. Easy strength was the perfect, the perfect, you know, the perfect choice there. One time and that this time. is interesting. The same strategies were applied to those lower body exercises we mentioned. But also to the very similar, also for the upper body, which now Malvo is going to illustrate, which is very uncommon training the upper body for strength for, for uh, soccer. And this is my note in addition to what Malvo said. In Italy, we say that you, when you run, mm-hmm. right, uh, you, you push with your lower limbs, but you run with your upper limbs. It means that your upper That's limbs true. are very important for sprinting, for instance. And just at that note, if the the amount of extra push you can get with your but the pro- proper movement of your upper body and the weight of your upper, the inertia you get from the upper body, but also your T-spine mobility influences a lot your sprinting performance. So focusing only on the lower body is not enough. Coach, uh, before we continue, can you um, do a brief explanation of what uh, easy strength is for people that might not be too familiar with it? Just very brief. Easy strength is a plate of resistance developed by Powell and Dan John years ago. And um, it's about the minimal effects that those, those of training to increase or maintain your strength, which is interesting because according to those principles outlined in this book that came out quite a few years ago, I know Dan John had done a new issue and Powell is working on 2.0 also. Uh, but the, the idea is very low volume is necessary to maintain strength. We're talking about total volume of 10 reps uh, in done for in one lift for you know two, three times a week. So training for like three sets of three or two sets of five or five sets of two 
uh, a main lift and adding up only two or three main lifts twice a week is enough to maintain your strength. The minimal effective dose. There are more principles around it. But Absolutely. So let's say the range that goes from, you know, uh, 75 to 90% of one rep max, variable partners, set schemes of sets of reps, but the goal is 10 reps is all you need, which is great. I mean, at least to maintain your strength. To maintain, so, yes. Yeah, So, which is great because in season, you can't think about developing strength when you're in season, when you're close, you know. You you, you got to think about you're working on, on the battlefield, you know, playing yes. your, your sport. Um, you don't have much time for strength training. So the idea of having the minimal effective dose is very important. So we use very successful, easy strength. Uh, control. Um, Martin, uh, uh, I spend uh, uh, the first uh, five, six months uh, to increase only the maximal strength. And that after, uh, for, for the rest of the season, uh, we maintain this uh, level of the strength. Uh, if this level corresponds a significant uh, percentile of the body weight uh, in, uh, in percentile. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you don't need me. The, the body, English. Uh, His English is perfect. No, no. Why, why do you want me to translate? No, no, it's not perfect. <laughs> no, the, the upper body, la parte alta, la alleniamo anche per un altro motivo, perché eh, per, es, per i contrasti, per rendere il giocatore più potente e per comunque eh, dargli la possibilità di avere un fisico che poi, essendo comunque dei ragazzi giovani, eh, possono tranquillamente, ci tengono a mostrare... Quindi molto... anche motivazionale, però è importante certo. perché sono più pesanti, prendono più inerzia anche in contrasti, impatto è importante. Mm, sì, infatti... I just ask a question to be sure I translate properly. So, you know, increasing strength and upper body muscle mass is also important for some other reasons. You know, if you have, you know, more, if you're heavier, you get more and you get more inertia. When you have contracts with other players, it makes a difference. So having a little bit of body mass and there's also a motivational aspect. I mean, those players are in their 20s. Yeah. So they're well more, way more motivated in training if they see that their pecs are and their guns are bigger. Yeah. This is a side effect, which probably is not necessary for soccer. But if they're well motivated and they train, you know, they're they go very, they're happy to go and do the weight training sessions. That's a good thing. So there's also uh, a motivational aspect to this. Uh, L'idea di base. Quello, il messaggio che eh, voglio che, che passi è che negli sport di squadra, soprattutto io parlo di calcio, essendo europeo, essendo comunque lo sport nazionale in Italia, è possibile fare dei lavori di forza eh, elevati, comunque è possibile elevare, utilizzare carichi importanti sopra i 100 kg da spostare, dove comunque gli atleti poi ne ricevono un beneficio diretto. L'integrazione con la parte alimentare, che è una cosa da non sottovalutare, eh, è una sfida che eh, si vuole fare per poter rendere la macchina, quindi la macchina atleta, più performante possibile, perché eh, da non trascurare nulla, perché sappiamo benissimo che è eh, ok stimolare il muscolo attraverso il lavoro, ma è importante anche poi eh, stimolare la cellula 
cellula attraverso il nutrimento. So uh, the message that Mara wants to go through is that it's possible to work with teams, do some serious strength training and get those athletes to work with real weights, I mean moving, you know, over 220 pounds and so on mm. and so forth. And this was the first challenge. And but now what what Mara is doing, this is why he started working with David also is to put the final piece of the puzzle there you know, to get uh, athlete to be performant. Uh, it's not only about training, but you also got to nourish their muscle cells. So it's about nutrition. So they, they're, by the way, they're meeting tomorrow for the first time. They've been discussing it a little bit, creating connections. So now David is going to help Mauro and all the team also with nutrition programs. So that should uh, create an all-round protocol that will help improve in performance. So we're looking forward to see the results of this. Noi siamo una squadra che eh, lavora prevalentemente 4-5 sedute di forza alla settimana, eh, divisa tra parte alta e parte bassa del, del corpo, si intende. E quindi eh, sotto questo aspetto noi stimoliamo molto i nostri atleti. È per questo che eh, la parte integrazione, eh, alimentazione, eventualmente supplementazione eh, deve essere curata. Yeah. Those players right now are training their strength, you know, uh, five to uh, four to five times a week, uh, considering the split also between upper body and lower body. So right now, you know, start uh, planning. Uh, professionally uh, their nutrition and eventually supplements is very important at this point. I, I, I have a question in terms of, I don't know if you guys have the information. Was there, was there a significant, like when you, when you started coaching this team coach, was there a significant drop in injuries? Like was this a team that was injury prone and then you came in and you applied your, tra your training strategies and was there a big change in that and big improvement in terms of less injuries Uh, players feeling uh, better, performing better, um, not being as sore, etc. Um, sicuramente eh, questo nuovo tipo di approccio uh, all'inizio può aver destato qualche così, eh, reticenza da parte degli atleti, però alla fine eh, si sono resi conto che quello che si stava facendo dava dei termini, cioè dava comunque dei vantaggi in termini di prestazione. E comunque eh, la mia esperienza è lavorare sulla forza massima durante la stagione mh, aiuta a, a poter, eh, diciamo, correre più forte, a poter esprimersi, a poter esaltare le qualità fisiche dell'atleta. Attenzione che lui ti ha chiesto sugli infortuni, se hai notato una riduzione degli infortuni con questo certo. tipo di eh, Questo non avevo capito. Eh, sì, anche c'è stato l'anno scorso, eh, non abbiamo avuto forse un caso isolato di infortuni agli hamstring e, eh, e nient'altro, poca roba a livello muscolare. Mentre prima com'era statisticamente? Molto di più. Ah, statis ah, ogni squadra di solito ha circa una ventina di infortuni muscolari, poi anche statisticamente dalla letteratura che, che sono numeri abbastanza medi, cioè eh, normali nel calcio. Eh, so, eh, poi, eh, 
l'infortunia hanno una casistica poi anche particolare non sempre legata sì, al lavoro sono quelli esatto legati al contrasto uh, yeah I had to ask a second question because the first your first question was not completely understood so uh, he talked about performance while I, I explained it was about uh, injuries uh, but something out interesting came out because initially the athletes were kind of kind of not too you know not too sure about this new approach. So initially, you know, and also feeling sore at the beginning, I recall when I went there the first time, talked in the swing, you know, the uh, heads of the team were upset with me because they were so, the players were so the following day. So I almost got in trouble with the team. And also, you know, for Mauro, not with the players and also with the team management, it was hard to do something that was so completely different from the stats but at the end you know got the results in terms of performance measurable and measured results in terms of strength performance but the interesting point about the injuries the most common injury you know muscular injury and injuries in soccer is hamstrings uh tear or you know pulls which is by the way uh mildly specified some in- injuries are unavoidable because you get a contrast or something like that you know yeah. not as bad rugby but But statistically, last year, they only had one hamstring injury. Well, the, usually the average, the stats say that the team through a year has about 20 injuries, 20 muscular injuries. What? They only have one. Yeah. Oh, that's, I, that's, 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 you changed the game. The, yeah. the, 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 the team is, the, uh, you this know, is impressive. And this is something that, you know, it's not taken enough. It's overlooked. It's not taken into account enough, in my opinion, because it's not only about increasing performance, you know. Making your athlete resilient is just yeah. as important because there's nothing you can do if someone, you know, kicks kicks your knee on the side and breaks your ligament. That's, that's unavoidable. You know, this may happen. But uh, if you train in your athlete in a smart way and never overload them and do a proper work, And avoiding injuries is just as or even more important than improving their performance, you know. Uh, because if you improve their performance, yeah, what, they play two good games and then they get injured, well, it, it's not worth it, right? No, no, it's not at all. Eh, Martin, io credo una cosa che yes. eh, se non curi la tecnica eh, di base negli esercizi con sovraccarico, eh, diventa cioè questo è un aspetto fondamentale per poter poi proporre eh, dei carichi elevati e quindi anche un lavoro di qualità cioè eh, quello che io insisto molto è eh, la costruzione di base del movimento qui that, that, that's the point one point important And I do see, at least what I see posting from even major teams on social media, yes. is that it's not only about the training, planning the training, it's about technique. It's about, you know, from the very beginning, teaching the athlete proper technique. This is something that Mao is very concerned about from the very beginning, all the steps and all the basic, you know, fundamental, all the basics, all the fundamental movements, make sure that they gain proper technique Only having proper technique will allow you to start using important loads. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another question I have is, especially now in like modern day, teams are playing Monday or they'll play on the Saturday 
and then it's Champions League or the other league, and they'll play on Wednesday, and then they play again on a Saturday or the following Sunday. That's a lot of games throughout a week. From from your experience, how do you manage the loads from the game and the loads from, or how do you program, I guess, around all of this? Because that's one question I've had. Um, and my it, programming and and kind of programming for college athletes, it's a, in my opinion, is a little it's way easier. Because I know they have a game here, and I know I have they, they have a game here, and it's very easy. Um, but when you get to that level, there's games all the time. So how do you manage training, strength training, recovery, et cetera, et cetera? Like, how do you manage that, coach? Allora, eh, hai fatto un'ottima domanda perché eh, io, per fortuna, lavoro in una, ad un livello dove non abbiamo molti impegni infrasettimanali e quindi possiamo tranquillamente... Eh, lavorare eh, 5-6 giorni di, da, tra un match e l'altro quindi abbiamo la possibilità di recuperare proporre il lavoro di forza e poi fare ancora competizione per esempio la settimana scorsa noi abbiamo avuto tre turni di, di campionato la settimana quindi abbiamo giocato ogni 3-4 giorni eh, a, finita la partita i ragazzi che non hanno giocato hanno fatto forza questo alle 9 di sera, quindi eh, si cerca di ottimizzare gli spazi e i tempi per poter comunque inserire eh, il lavoro di forza ed eventualmente con chi gioca eh, si valuta di riducendo il carico ma comunque cercare di dare la stimolazione eh, quando è possibile anche durante il periodo di tre gare alla settimana. Ha senso che io citi le ripetizioni al minuto, la singola al minuto? Puoi farlo volendo. Sì, sì. So, uh, in his uh, current ranking, you know, they don't have many, uh, many in, in uh, let's say, weekly matches, but they yeah. did. For instance, in the past weeks, they had, uh, like, they had to play every three, four days. So, first of all, those who did not play were in reserve. They were not exempt from strength training. So, the game was over, mm. and again, they had to do the strength training. But when uh, those who didn't play, hey, you didn't play, you got to do your training. So I you mean, yeah. Style, right? yeah. <laughs> but um, what he does, he, of course, you have to sometimes to skip some training sessions or reduce the frequency, but he tries to make sure that they still maintain their strength, either, you know, reducing the volume and or the load. But then there is another interesting strategy we started this year using, which For instance, sometimes they do have to do some deadlifts, you know, on the Friday and they're playing on the Saturday or the Sunday. And so uh, we are doing, for instance, for deadlifts, we're doing single reps every minute on the minute with an important oh. load, like, like an 80% of one rep max. They would only do one single every minute for 10 minutes, which is just 10 singles, which going back to that minimal effective dose of volume to maintain strength, but then they don't get sore or anything like that. And they still get, you know, at least to maintain the, the strength by something that is very uh, low commitment for the nervous system, doesn't get them sore, doesn't in, in influence their performance. So there are some strategies around it, you know. Of course, ideally you want to train uh, on a regular basis all the week, but when you can't, you'll find a way around it. Per la parte alta eh, aggiungo che noi la facciamo anche il giorno dopo la gara, quindi oh, come, and, yeah, 
an upper body, if they have a match on one day, the following day, they can still train the upper body. There's no excuses. Yeah, the upper body is going to be fine. We got to got to make sure we stay strong. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I I I find this. So I'm I'm still stuck on the the fact that 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 you were able to reduce the amount of injuries from average. Uh, we said twenty, right? To to one hamstring injury. Um, and and the, the reason why I'm so um, why I'm so impressed is uh, I'm going to circle back to social media. Social media shows us these has a tendency to show us these overcomplicated training approaches and we see it all the time professional teams doing very fancy things i'm not saying they're not correct or i mean everybody has their own approach there's always better ways um so the reason why i'm so um impressed is it, it it's a very simple approach which which i hope i will i hope we can give a sample structure right now of what a training day looks like for for the, the players it was such a simple approach, such a basic approach, and it reduced injuries completely, right? So my message with this, before I keep blabbing on, because I have a tendency to do that, is we don't have to overcomplicate things if we know what we're doing. And it doesn't have to be fancy. And, and that's something that I'll tell my teams or whoever I'm working with, where where they sometimes they just look at me like, oh, this is all we're doing. I'm like, yep, this is all you need for today because you have training later in the day or whatever the case is. Um, so I, I think it's fantastic. Can we talk a little bit about, uh, what a sample day looks like for, um, in, in particular to this article that, that, that we talked about just so people get an idea of how, um, simple, but not easy and very effective this, this approach was or is. Fabio. He lost connection for a while. I'm going to translate for him. Visto che è rimasto colpito, vedi sui social media, poi lui dirò che tanti non fanno vedere social media quello che fanno in realtà, ma queste cose super complicate, no? Mentre la prossima nostra, tu vuoi, è molto semplice, no? Allora, per farlo capire agli ascoltatori, chiedeva se hai un esempio di una giornata per far capire quanto è semplice, ma non facile. Ma guarda, eh, noi, Il giorno di training, eh. noi ci alleniamo la mattina per una questione di eh, per una questione logistica di, di uso dei campi. Eh, normalmente alle nove e mezza vengono al campo e diciamo nel giorno eh, dove si fa solo la parte alta eh, vanno in palestra, si fanno i loro tre quarti d'ora di, di forza, anzi a volte eh, quando è possibile c'è la possibilità la disponibilità si fa un 20 minuti di mobilità a terra tutti insieme eh, utilizzando un po' flexible steel un po' frc di, di spina un po' di varie metodiche e poi si fa la parte alta 45 minuti di palestra gym poi c'è o il video se c'è la diciamo l'analisi video e poi c'è il training da campo quando invece di solito si fanno le gambe noi eh, lo facciamo eh, da quest'anno due volte eh, di solito facciamo doppio allenamento quindi la mattina si fa solo forza gambe la struttura dell'allenamento eh, della, diciamo, della parte fisica è, è sempre attivazione mobilità terra attivazione del core mobilità dinamica e poi lavoro di strength, strength eh, in palestra Mentre eh, il secondo giorno, ricalca un po' il primo giorno, 
eh, non si fa la parte alta ma si fa una piccola warm up per poi fare un lavoro ridotto, questo è il secondo giorno di forza, eh, per poi andare in campo ancora. Quindi noi usiamo molto il pre-workout, il pre-allenamento per poter lavorare in, su queste cose. Ok, so basically, uh, they, for logistical matters, they train in the morning. So uh, upper body day, what we do, they show up like, well, they basically show up at the, 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 at the field at 9.30 a.m., and they do uh, some uh, mobility work, warm-up mobility. There is some mobility work, and there is some uh, midsection core activation, uh, static and then dynamic. And then upper body, they got 45 minutes of strength training for the upper body. And they do, you know, pull up the bench press and all that stuff. And um, and then they, uh, they usually watch some videos of other teams and so on. After the video, they go to do their... Uh, work on the field with a, with, with, with a ball. And then on lower body days, pretty much same idea. What they do is they start with uh, ground mobility exercises, core activation and so on. Then they do their strength training. Uh, the, set, the first uh, strength training session, which again, it's deadlift, you know, back squat, Bulgarian squat, a few others. And uh, the second day, it, because it's closer to the match, is lighter compared to the first day of strength training. Got it, got it, got it, got it, absolutely. So <clears throat> so what was the, the hardest part about get like about convince like what was what was the hardest what was the biggest challenge convincing the players that this was like the way to go and like was there a turning point where everybody started to understand that this was the best approach and like oh okay I like this. Like I was sore in the beginning because I learning new things, learning new skills. But now I, I see this. Like, was there a turning point, essentially? Fabio, traduci. Uh, ha detto, qual è stata la prima, la più grossa sfida nel far capire l'importanza, cioè il valore di questo tipo di lavoro ai giocatori? E c'è stato un momento in cui hanno capito che faceva la differenza. E qual è stato questo momento e come l'hanno capito? Ma eh, se ne rendono conto giocando, quando poi in campo si sentono meglio, si sentono più forti, quando nel secondo tempo tendenzialmente la squadra eh, ha più, cala meno rispetto all'avversario e quindi eh, credo che più che una questione metabolica legata alla potenza aerobica è una questione legata alla forza, il fatto di avere più... Eh, capacità di corsa eh, nel secondo tempo verso la fine della partita perché la lavoro è più leggero esatto e poi soprattutto ripeto anche guardarsi allo specchio sentirsi più forte eh, li aiuta a diciamo a essere motivati a, e comunque al sacrificio al lavoro certo non è semplice perché eh, però io ho la fortuna di trovare comunque sempre degli atleti che sotto questo aspetto eh, sono educati ecco al lavoro so the, the main thing is that uh, the turning point is that they start feeling stronger feeling better but what they see during the match is that not only they feel they perform better but what they feel is that on uh, on the second 45 minutes you know while the opponent team starts going slower in losing performance 
they can keep up with a higher level of performance. And they notice this, that so they have an advantage in the second 45 minutes. But also, uh, interestingly, the fact that they look better in front of the mirror, they feel (laughs) themselves more fit and they feel stronger plays a great role in keep them motivated and wanting to do this type of training. Feeling better, looking better, you know, it's, it's, it's part of, of the game. Taking their shirts off and, cha- and changing it yeah. with the other team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Coach, did, did you also manage the, the team's running loads or were you, were you just in charge of uh, the strength training? No, no, eh, alleniamo altre componenti come quelle metaboliche, quindi... No, ma se sei tu che gestisce l'allenamento della corsa o del genere o qualcun altro? Sì, sì, no, no, eh, stavo arrivando e quindi tutta la parte metabolica, eccetera, fa sempre capo a me. Quindi tutte le velocità, eh, corsa, aerobica, eccetera, fa parte a me, sì, sì. E c'è qualcosa che dividi, fai qualcosa? Eh. Sì, noi facciamo lavori molto in, in campionato, lavori prevalentemente intermittenti eh, sulla parte metabolica e poi senza palla, logicamente. E poi, eh, eh, niente, poi diciamo questo, no, c'era una cosa che poi adesso mi... mi Io traduco, poi si vede in mente, ma la dici. Sì, sì, sì. So, yes, he's also managing all the uh, conditioning part. Uh, for the team, so also the running and so on. So basically what they do for their sprinting and for the running is basically uh, intermittent type of training. Eh, la cosa Got che it. volevo dire, Fabio, era questa, che eh, quello che sto facendo, che stiamo facendo, che comunque con la tua collaborazione stiamo portando avanti, è un'idea che nessuno in Italia, ma penso anche in Europa, eh, fa in maniera così, eh, diciamo... Eh, precisa ma se vuoi attenta ecco eh, quello di esaltare dare più spazio all'allenamento della forza come qualità come rispetto a, a prima a precedente ecco magari ci sono squadre che tendono più a fare lavori metabolici a fare più lavori con palla o solo con palla quello che invece eh, io ho iniziato a fare partendo anche da, cioè, partendo dal basso è proprio questa cosa qua, cioè allenare la forza in maniera ordinata, seguendo una programmazione, con un senso, eh, per poi vederne i risultati e i benefici. Ecco, quindi sul, la novità sul, secondo sul me è eh, sul, sul conditioning, fai fare lavoro più verso la potenza? Eh... Sulla, potenza, sulla, potenza, sulla, potenza metabo- sulla potenza aerobica, VO2 max, come... come Lavori intermittenti, so he, comunque intermittenti. So he he feels that the, the um, it, there isn't that much difference in the metabolic aspect uh, from other teams. The main difference is introducing strength training. Uh, this is what uh, no one else is has been basically doing. But still, uh, when he does conditioning, it's intermittent training focused basically mostly on power. And um, uh, of course, increasing the aerobic power, but there's a lot of power type of work. Got it. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I think you, that, that's an excellent point. And um, I believe Alan Cosgrove says that where the, the the game changer is is going to be strength. Like that's that's the one thing that um, 
that make that that at the end of the day gives you the advantage, right? Because um, I mean, if you're strong, you're going to be stronger than the other person. So you really can't. It, it's a cheat code, right? It's a it's a legal cheat code. And I'm I'm sure if it was uh, if strength was sold in like pill form, everybody would be taking it. It's just it's 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 hard to. Sometimes it's just hard. Like people don't want to put in the work. So, um, so yes, um, I think we're going to start wrapping things up. I want to thank you guys. And I do want to ask if there's any final thoughts. Um, I thank you so much for, for taking the time. It's two hours of your time. I, I really, really appreciate it. I've, I've learned so much. And, and those um, are pleasure. Uh, final thoughts. I, I, and Malo. Uh, Pensieri finali per la chiusura? Vai, vai, Davide. I thought that the time fly, two hours. <laughs> uh, while we're talking, uh, you open a, a lot of points uh, <laughs> where we can uh, uh, talk about uh, that subject that uh, that uh, things for, for days, not hours. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, if you guys are ever in Southern California, let me know. I will take you to in and out and and better spots so we can yes, have I'll, more than it you know <laughs> i will provide all the information tonight about in and out which is my favorite over there but if i have to go to a fast food which i usually don't go but every time i go in california i go to in and out that's that's well, I, I i never missed an appointment well, coach Where is you, you are in california i'm in i'm in la so i'm in a city that's like 15 minutes south of Magic Mountain and I'm like an hour away from Disneyland. So that's that's the biggest landmark I can give you. Um yeah, but if you guys are ever in town, I let me know. I will take you guys to the best I'll probably take them over there someday. <laughs> yeah, Co coach, you're going to be you're in town next month, correct? For I'll be in Phoenix, Arizona. Yes. Yeah, so you'll be in or you'll be in the country next month, so I'll yeah. be there. Um, I don't know if there's in, in and out in Phoenix, but um, I, I fear this only in California. But you'll be in Phoenix. That's going to be great. Yes, I'll be in Phoenix. I'll be in Phoenix. I'm really you're, not all you're in person, so I'll see you. That's great. That's yes, great. I'll be in person. So I, I get to meet you in person for the first time. Lunch and coffee's on me for for everything you've done. So I want to thank you, um, thank you, Coach Coach Mauro. Thank you so much. Also, um, any final thoughts? Pensiero finale, Mauro, in English. Final thought. In English. Um, when I speak about my passion, uh, I have no problem. Uh, the time uh, fly to me, uh, also for me. And uh, thank you to you, to this invitation. And uh, I hope that my experience can uh, open a new approach, a new method to to training in a soccer team but also in uh, in generally in the team sports and uh, i i think also that uh, strong force is uh, um, an important school that uh, everybody can uh, take a great idea to work uh, Thank you. Nothing. Now, even if you see that Mauro never smiles, I can I can guarantee he smiles inside. <laughs>
He's the nicest person in the world, but he always looks like it. But he's he smiles sometimes. <laughs> oh, but he does. It's the light. There the you light go. Deep, it's the light. I got it. Got it. Deep, you got it. <laughs> Absolutely. No, th thank you guys so much. Um, I learned so much. I hope it's not the first time that we all get together. Uh, there was a lot of topics that we can, like, uh, like uh, that we said that we can cover in the future. So, um, thank you so much. Thank you for. But you want. You're welcome. So, yeah, thank you, so flexible. David and I are off for a steak. Just to make you jealous, we're going to get a T-bone steak tonight. Man, that that does make me jealous. So I just part of my, we just part of my diet, so I can. I'm not having a cheat meal. Oh, there you go. Yeah, no, that steak is never a cheat meal. Steak is never a cheat meal. <laughs> Alrighty, I'll let you guys get off to dinner. Thank you guys so much, and I I look forward to talking to you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you, Martin. Thank you. 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 Thank